welcome to episode 32 of Show Me Your Mic. For this episode, I am pleased, super pleased, super pumped to have Katie Floyd on the show. She of the Mac Power Users podcast, her and David Sparks over there, now on the Mighty 5x5 network, doing a show where they talked gear, workflows, get really deep dive, soup to nuts, as David often says on the show, on Mac gear and stuff. So for this episode, I talk with Katie about the gear and the workflows that her and David used to put together the Mac Power Users podcast, now 160 plus episodes along. And so thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Hi, Katie. Hey, thanks for having me on, Chris. Yes, it's good to have you here. And uh, when I've been uh, sort of searching through my podcast player archive or whatever of people to interview your yours and David's obviously David is the uh, co-host of, of Mac power users are names that keep coming up and I think about contacting and then I for some reason I think no they're too busy they're lawyers maybe I'm intimidated by lawyers and don't want to say anything that'll get me in trouble and so I've put it off but now I'm glad to see that you returned my email and have agreed to come on so yeah, I was very very <laughs> pleased to be asked. So so thank you. Yeah, and and I we're, we're not that scary. No, we're really we're really boring. Really, <laughs> the, I mean Mac Power users is the most exciting thing that I do all week. So. <laughs> well, I doubt that, but uh, uh, it is a great a great show. And um, in the in the byline or or the subtitle, I guess of the show, it's a you say it, it's a podcast that's been creating. Mac power users since 2009. So I was just, just before we started recording here, I was, I, like I said to you, I almost missed the, the Skype call button or bleep or whatever that's called. But, uh, cause I was actually listening to episode zero. There was a episode zero of the show from back in April of 2009 and there did, is. didn't quite get through all the, uh, outlining of what you guys were up or planning to do with the show, but, uh, you're now 162 episodes, I think as of this recording, yeah. Did yeah. did we stick mostly to it from what we said we were going to do from what you heard? Yeah, I think so. It was uh, like okay. I said I didn't get too far into it. It was just it was interesting to hear the that was back obviously before 5 by 5 you were doing it on your own. I'm assuming sort of all on your own back then. We did. We we had no idea that anybody would would even listen. Um yeah, David <laughs> and I David and I never knew each other. In fact, we had met exactly once before we recorded the first episode of Mac Power Users. We met at Macworld and if we started in 2009, which sounds about right, if that's what the website says, I trust it, then we must have met at Macworld 2008 and we all just kind of we we obviously we hung in the same circle and and we knew the same people. And they both kind of got us together and said, hey, you're a lawyer, you're a lawyer, you like Max, you like Max, you guys should do something. <laughs> yeah. And and David was doing the Max Sparky screencast at that time and kind of wanted to do the podcast thing. I was doing another show that um, was looking for something a little bit different. And I said, well, yeah, but um, that was in January. And as you can see, Mac Power users didn't start until I, I think it was the summer sometime. And uh, we we really spent six months figuring out exactly what we were going to do because certainly more so now, but even back then in 2009, we felt like the the Mac podcasting space was was pretty crowded and candidly by a lot of our close personal friends. And we didn't want to do anything that would take away from their shows. We didn't want to do anything that would steal anything from their shows. So we we really wanted to think about what is it that we would like to see in a podcast that's that's not out there. And we we bounced a bunch of ideas back and forth before we 
we finally came out with the format that we started with, and then it's it's evolved a little bit over time. And that's I think a good uh, a good sort of peek, I guess, behind the scenes that would would be kind of the logical thing that you'd assume would have happened with the show that you guys do. Knowing, you know, I've listened. I don't. I can't say I've listened to all 162 episodes, but I think I've listened to 90, 80, 90 percent, anyways, of them. So, uh, and knowing that you guys put a fair amount of prep into them. Um, it doesn't shouldn't surprise me, I guess, that you <laughs> you spent that long sort of just prepping the show itself. Whereas it feels like a lot of um, even well, especially now in 2013, but I'm sure even back then, there's a lot of podcasts sort of popping up, and people don't put a lot of thought into the how and the why, and just want to do. And uh, um, what what were some of the things that you sort of I guess I don't know if you remember back then, sort of tossing around the way that you were going to do the show and 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 sort of the purpose behind it and how you sort of came to the the final uh, layout and setup that you you wanted to move with? Well, we, we kind of both kept circling back to this one thing well idea. You know, is would it be possible to take, you know, one thing and dig into it in depth? And in fact, our first episode, which we thankfully never released, um, <laughs> was um, three hours on email. And... Um, we so we recorded the episode and we got off mic. We're like, yeah, yeah, that was a really good job. Okay, and um, so we let it sit for a while, and then two days later, I don't remember who brought it up, but the other one was very gratified when they did. Said, "You want to re-record that one because it didn't turn out so well." Um, and so actually, our first two episodes are on email because we and and I think it's about it's still about two hours or so, and we end up splitting it up into two episodes. Um, and, and that was when we, we really figured out that, okay, I, I guess we can talk for an hour or more on, <laughs> on a single topic. And we got this really in-depth outline and was going back and forth. And, um, and, and that's, that's kind of, the, I mean, we, we, we definitely knew what we did not want to do. We knew we didn't want to do news. We knew we didn't want to do rumors. Um, although sometimes, you know, we like to dive into that a little in the first couple of minutes and just kind of chat and see what's going on. But, um, uh, you know, we knew that we didn't want to be yet another Mac podcast. Yeah, which is so interesting thinking and 2009 in tech years, which is, you know, only four years ago is whatever, I don't know, 15, 25 years in <laughs> in the real world. Because it feels like now there's certainly a lot of tech podcasts and Apple podcasts. And, and even back then, um, I'm sure there, I know there was, but, you know, it's it's one of those classic things where everybody wishes they'd started that thing earlier because now it feels like everybody's doing it but i think like you guys decided there's there's always a sort of a, an interesting angle you can take on it as as you guys did and to much success obviously as well and yeah the, the two hours on email looking back at uh, i don't remember if i've listened to that one or not I, I would imagine i did but uh that's a that's a long time to talk about email but that's what's great about your show i mean it it in and of itself right there kind of defines whether you're going to find this show tremendously interesting or tremendously boring. Cause <laughs> if two hours on email excites you on the Mac email, especially then this is going to be a great show to tune in for. And, uh, and, um, what I've loved over the years or over the episodes, I guess, and years is, uh, the way that you've incorporated guests into that as well. And, uh, um, maybe just talk a bit about, I guess, how, how you picked some, some of the folks you talk with and sort of where, what kind of folks you gravitate towards and, and how you go about sort of setting that up with folks. We'll get into some of the apps and, and tech you use behind it, I guess, but sort of taking a step up to the philosophical, if you will, of, of podcasting. All right. So how did the workflow shows come out? The, the workflow shows seriously came about because David stalked Merlin Mann at Macworld. Uh, <laughs> See, every, 
that's what I said. Every podcast, I have a, my own stocking of Merlin Man stories. So uh, every podcast, I think, has to have their Merlin moment. Otherwise, they're not a true Mac podcast. But anyways, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I will tell you, well, first off, if, if you recall, for the first, I want to say, year and a half or two years of Mac Power Users, um, we were a, um, a biweekly show. Every two weeks, we, we would come out. And that was partly because David and I were so busy. Um, with our with our day jobs, and David was doing the Max Sparky thing, and at that point he was getting ready to. I don't think if he had publicly announced it, but he was getting ready to write the Mac at Work book. Um, and you know, I was uh, an associate at a at a big law firm and was kind of going crazy doing that kind of thing. Um, and so we were every other week, and people, and partly because candidly, I was afraid we were going to run out of stuff to talk about. I mean, that was that was my <laughs> secret fear, and I never told. I, I think I told David this later, but I was like. A year max, we're done. We're gonna have nothing else to say. I mean, and that was even doing, you know, twenty six shows, doing a show every other, every other week. Um, and so we were looking for ways to supplement the show. Obviously, at one hundred and sixty something shows, wherever we are now, we we haven't run out of topics to talk about. Um, but we were looking for a way to supplement the show and. Again, we knew that there were certain things that we didn't want to do. We we knew that we didn't want to do news. We knew that we didn't want to do rumors. And, um, you know, Merlin was doing some really cool stuff. David and I were actually very aware of him. And we decided, well, maybe if we could just get him. He was actually our first guest that we ever had on a show. Maybe if we could just get him on a show and talk about some of the stuff that he does, that would that would spawn some other ideas and some other topics. And it was a raving success or failure, depending on who you talk to. <laughs> People are very opinionated about some of those shows. Um <laughs> But but overall, it it I think it did very well. It was some certainly one of my favorite shows, and um, we we kind of decided, you know what? There's a thing here, and so for a while we kind of got into this. Every other show was a was a workflow show type thing, and we're not quite every other show is a workflow show, but you're definitely going to have a couple shows a month that are that are workflow shows. There are no rules. <laughs> the only rule is there are no rules when it comes to Mac Powers. Yeah, that's a, a great. Uh, that episode and then you've since gone on to have i think merlin on two or three, three or four more times it's, I it's, it's a yearly thing yeah yeah he shows up every year <laughs> usually in the um usually in the spring probably shows up unannounced he just skypes you and says it's time he shows up at my door yeah. actually and <laughs> says i'm here let's go <laughs> i'm amazed I, I from the sounds of things he, he sounds like he'd stay away from florida these days but uh maybe yeah. he and down um out of the out of the third Merlin show is actually where the whole Katie is angry thing came in, um, because I I had gotten grief. That for, first off, you know when Merlin's around, something is going to happen, and I had gotten I don't want to say grief, but but you know Merlin talks a lot, and you know <laughs> he and David really get into it, and I got got some grief from some folks. The first two Merlin shows, you know Katie, you were so quiet, you didn't say anything. The guys just kind of talked over you the whole show, and part of that's just because I was in awe of what was going on, and and literally in one of the shows. Um, I had unannounced workers show up at my house. And so I, I had, you know, men changing light fixtures above me. It was very, very bizarre. But things that happened behind the scenes of Mac Power users. And so I was bound to determine, man, that third show, I'm going to get my, I'm going to get in there and no one's going to accuse me of not saying anything. And now Katie's angry. Yeah. <laughs> you can't win, basically. No, you no. can't win. Yeah. But but that's been fun too. Yeah. Yeah. He's, there's a... <laughs> We won't turn this into a, a Merlin podcast, uh, but yeah, you're never at a lack for a lack for words, I guess, when if you're chatting with him, which is good. It's a good problem to have on a podcast. Um, so maybe uh, 
getting into there's a, I was going to say there's a few episodes uh, episode 73 episode 84 and episode 146 are all shows that on Mac Power users and the links for that will be in the show notes which will be at sskTn.com and look for the show me your mic logo and then uh, episode 32 with uh, Katie's I don't know, smiling face. I, I can't remember if I found a photo yet or, or if you're going to send no, me one. <laughs> I'll send you one. I hadn't heard that yet, but I will. Yeah. The Katie's angry photo. Maybe I'll find. Oh, um, but uh, yeah, so episode 73, 84 and 146 are all sort of shows that you guys did where you sort of navel gazed a bit and, and talked about yourself. And episode 73 in particular was uh, the podcasting of, um, sorry, the how and why of podcasting on uh, Mac power users. So, um, but that was back in, well, it's February 13th, 2012, I guess. So we'll see how much has changed and, and things like that. So um, as David and you, and you like to say, the soup to nuts on on podcasting, let's get Katie's perspective and then someday I'll chat with Dave and we'll get his perspective. <laughs> we'll, we'll put the two together. But um, starting from microphone, what are you using for a mic these days? Uh, I've, I've gone back and forth with, with microphones. I don't think I ever had it with Mac Power users. I did with the other show. But, uh, you know, at one point I started with just one of those, you know, Logitech $30 headset mic thingies and um, and then upgraded to a Samson CO1U is what I used for a while. And then I used a Heil PR20 um, through a, um, I don't even know what it was, but, you know, some kind of USB adapter to that. And I used that for a long time, probably the first 100 episodes or so, maybe 100, yeah, probably first 100 episodes or so of Mac Power users were recorded with that. Um, and then Dan kept recommending to everybody um, the Rode Podcaster, which is what I'm I'm currently using, and I've been really happy with that. I you know you can get like a three hundred and fifty dollar kit off of Amazon that includes the USB mic. It includes a a boom arm that I've got attached to the side of my desk here, um, and it includes a shock mount and a pop filter. And you know so all in, you're probably three hundred and fifty to four hundred bucks to to get that set up. And I've been pretty happy, and, and David's got the same mic, so we we end up getting you know comparable levels and comparable audio quality. And he's been quite a few quite a few mics too, so I won't steal his thunder for when you have him on the show. <laughs> right. But it's it's been a back and forth of is that hiss on my line or your line? Is that <laughs> is that the interface board or is that the computer? Is that the fan? Is that the window? Where are you? You know. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> and then from there, you're going into uh, this is probably less of consequence, but what kind of computer are you using to these days to actually talk through, uh, I, Skype through? I, I'm using a uh, MacBook Air. It's a Core i7, I want to say 2.3 gigahertz. It's it's the model right before they came out with the Haswells. So um, it, it's it's about eh, a little over a year, not quite 18 months old. And um, I'm probably at some point going to upgrade to one of those 13-inch Retina MacBook Pros. Mm-hmm. Um, but pretty happy with the with the air right now. I'm fortunate that I don't have to do a lot of heavy lifting on this machine. Yeah. So your, uh, what do you use to record with on, on your end or how, how do you handle the recording of the show? Well, that is something that has evolved over time. Uh, originally before we joined five by five, um, I did almost exclusively all of the post-production of the show. And so we would re- take my audio and David's audio and I would mix the two tracks together and, and garage band and we would do a combination of either the Skype track or we would record double enders and he would send me his and I would use mine and I would, I would mix all that down in garage band. Um, and ugh, that was, 
it's fine. But, you know, there, there goes three hours on a Sunday afternoon usually. Um, we've been really spoiled since we joined 5x5. Five five. Um, yeah, the fabulous Mark Miles over there does all of our audio. So what I do at this point is in, incredibly lazy. Um, you know, if we have a guest on our show, we, we have a set of instructions courtesy of Text Expander that we send them pre-show to have them set up and record their audio. And that's usually not been a problem. Um, we use a combination of uh, Skype call recorder and piezo to record both the Skype call uh, and each our own individual tracks. Sometimes I use Audio Hijack Pro, but you know Skype call recorder does pretty good because it will it will record you on track one and it will record the Skype call on track two. So you're at least getting your individual audio. Um, and then we take everybody's track one, i.e. everybody's individual track. And then we take that Skype recording as kind of a master track that you can use to to match things up because if you've done any audio editing, you know you get this thing called audio drift where if you start with three tracks that are perfectly in line, by the time you get 45 minutes down the road, they won't be perfectly in line anymore and people will start talking over each other. Um, so we use that master Skype track to to line them up and um, and send it off. So thankfully I don't really have to do that anymore unless it's kind of a last-minute edit job. I've done it on a couple of our live shows when we've recorded those and, and had to turn them around next day. Um, and it's always like, Oh, I remember why I didn't like doing this so much, but, uh, but now it's, it's really great. I just keep a, um, I keep a scratch pad open and I keep a timer running and I make note of oh, audio drop out here, you know, oh, somebody cursed here and doesn't happen often or, um, dead air here. And I, you know, kind of make notes of, of time markers and, um, zip them all up and send them to Mark and say, Hey, here's our audio. And we've gotten pretty good now. We, we pretty much record live to live to tape. Um, and we've actually had people say that they like our shows better when they're live to tape. I found that when I was editing them, I would listen to the shows and I would try to edit out every, um, and every, uh, and every awkward pause. And I think they were just sounding too, too choppy and too edited. Right. And it kind of kills a bit of the, the space to breathe almost for the listener. I think sometimes too. And, when you try and, as I, I myself now fumble over my words, but uh, as you try and edit out some of those, that space or those ums and ahs that kind of give the listener even, I think, a chance to catch up and think about what you just said or whatever too. But um, Yeah, and, and I was finding that when you listen to yourself in headphones for an hour and a half or, or longer, if you're going back and forth over the audio, you're never going to like how you sound. You're going to hate it. Yeah. And so you just, at some point you just have to get over that and, and being able to hand the audio off to, to Mark and, and, uh, the folks at five by five is, has, has really been a wonderful luxury that has, has saved us. It, it's, it's really freed me up, uh, you know, my Sunday afternoons, cause that was always what I would do on Sunday mornings or Sunday afternoons is, is edit the show. Yeah. And that's any podcaster who's not in that situation right now is, is, uh, either seething with jealousy or, uh, plotting how they can get some similar arrangement because that's definitely uh, over time. I know the show notes and the post-production stuff is what, uh, for a lot of podcasters anyways, kind of tends to be the part that wears you down and isn't the most exciting part of the show, but obviously is, is a very important part that's, uh, goes into how well. This oh, is. and sh show notes is a whole nother issue. We can get into that later. But yeah, yeah. I was, that's another line item here in my little, uh, batch of notes here. I, I was just wondering, you mentioned using text expander to send out uh, sort of a prep for guests. What, what are some of the things that you might send out to a guest? I have the luxury on this show of, you know, 
connecting with other podcasters, so I'm not too worried that they know they want, hopefully they know what they're doing with, you know, recording and all that kind of stuff. But what are the what are some of the things you're sending out to guests as a way to prep them for the show? Um, well, it, it depends on the guest and it depends on the type of show that, that we're doing. Um, I have been surprised. There've only been a few guests where getting good audio from them has, has been an issue that seems to be less of an issue now. Um, so just about everybody, you know, I tell them, okay, well, you must have headphones and some kind of external, external microphone. And, um, we found that even, you know, the earbud mics are, are better than nothing. I mean, we, and, but most people have a little bit better mic. We find that, you know, most, uh, that the Yeti microphone is, is very popular because I think it's like a hundred bucks or so. And a lot of people really, it hasn't been a problem. A lot of people have some kind of external microphone that, that has made a, a world of difference. So we send them a little text expander snippet that says, you know, we need you in a reasonably quiet environment. Uh, we need you to have headphones and some kind of external microphone. We connect via Skype and these are our Skype names, you know, confirming the date and time of the call. You know, this is a little bit of an outline of things that we're going to talk about. Sometimes if we, if we want to get more in depth with outlining our workflow shows, um, our, our content shows, David and I outline heavily, our workflow shows we we try to have some talking points and some topics and knowing that the guests will fill in from there. Um, but sometimes if it's if it's more of a show where we're having a guest, but it's it's more of a topic related show. You know, we have a guest coming on to talk about a specific topic. We um, will share a Google Doc with them to to start outlining some stuff. And you know, so that's that's and then we we always refer them to something that they can use to record their audio. And that's gotten a little easier. I, I like Piezo and I like Skype Call Recorder, but you can actually do that now with QuickTime. And you have been for the last couple of versions of, of the OS. Yeah, so they can record just their own their own track and not have to do any... Yeah, that's why I just, just look for the microphone, look for the USB audio interface, and that's yeah. what you want to record. Yeah, it's definitely getting... And, and like we've talked about many times here already, or mentioned many times, there's more and more and more podcasts popping up all the time, so I'm sure... As you guys have found, I've found certainly as well as approaching people to be on a show. Chances are they've already been on a show at some point, so they're kind of familiar with it and uh, comfortable recording. And if not that, then doing some sort of screencasting thing as well. That's kind of popular on the Mac side of things, anyway. So, all right, let's jump into um, talking about some of the uh, the workflow that you use for prepping for a show. So we've covered some of the audio side, but as far as show notes and and uh, not show notes of the recording, but uh, in preparation for the show. What uh, what are you guys using these days to to manage that and work together or not? I guess as the case may be. <laughs> well, that that has changed. Um, so I can tell you what we used to do, and then I can tell you what we've sure. evolved to. David and I are big fans of Omni Outliner. So I would say for the first, geez, hundred and thirty plus shows, maybe even hundred and forty shows. So it's only been recently that we've made the switch. We used Omni Outliner in a shared Dropbox to outline and organize all of our shows because it's a really powerful outlining app and we can get pretty detailed in our outlines and we like to color code things. I'm usually blue. He's usually red. You know, <laughs> uh, This is what David's going to talk about. This is what Katie's going to talk about. We'll leave notes for each other in the outline of, I don't really have much to say about this. Can you carry this topic and, um, and things like that. Um, and we kind of had an issue with, um, with that in Dropbox because we never really knew when somebody else was going to be opening it up and working on it. Right. I was so, ask you that, yeah. so we kind of got the equivalent going of the virtual tie on the door, you know, from college. <laughs> uh, it's, ba- it's a bad metaphor. Um, <laughs> but what we would do is we would put a single text file in the, um, 
in the uh, in the Dropbox where we were working, and <laughs> we would just either label it working or free, and we'd color code it red or green. And if it was green and it said free, it meant that you could go edit the outline. But if you were going to go do work on the outline, you had to change the, the color code to red and, and change the title of the text document to working. <laughs> that's funny. That's, that's a neat a, little hack. But yeah, because I, I, I think I've heard you mention at one point, well, I, well, I'm sure I did, you guys mentioned about using Omni Outliner. I remember thinking, that sounds awesome. I'd love to use a, like a, a really well done app like that. But as soon as any sort of syncing happens, you're going to end up with a headache. So yeah. So we, we did one of our Google shows or one of our collaboration shows or something like that. And we said, well, since we're doing a Google show, we let's, let's go ahead and try to plan the show using Google docs. And that worked pretty well. Um, what we found is that we really missed the customization and we really missed the formatting of Omni outliner, but man, the collaboration in Google docs was really good. Mm-hmm. So we ultimately, and I would say in the last 15 shows or so, we have we have switched over to using Google Docs as our um, as our outlining method, and we've got a shared Google Docs um, folder for for show outlines. We did one lone show. The uh, in fact, the show that just published this week. I'm not sure when this show will will come out, but the show we did on using Mavericks, we did in Pages, and I did a Pages doc, and I did most of the outline, and then shared it with David to let him uh, make tweaks and changes. And uh, that will likely be the only show <laughs> okay, so that, that we do using Pages <laughs> Collaboration. And that's using like the new sort of much featured or talked about, you know, s- uh, sharing and collaboration with iCloud and all that kind of stuff. So you would not recommend that as a path of... of uh, not, some... not for documents that you're actively working on, perhaps. Right. More of... Uh, and, the, and you wouldn't even have the ability to do the, the tie on the door, so to speak, with that one. I don't no. think there'd be a way... <laughs> No. Yeah. That's too bad. That's, uh, I mean, that's a whole, probably a whole Mac power user discussion on iCloud that there's. Oh, like, yeah, it's coming. <laughs> that'll be, uh, I'm sure, an angry Katie episode. But uh, <laughs> the, uh, yeah, there's just so much potential there that it's just almost there, but just not quite. But uh, hopefully Apple can figure that out someday. But because um, I would love to, love it to work because that's uh, the collaboration angle. Uh, I, I've used Google Docs. That's what I use for other shows that I, I talk. I have other um, co-hosts on, but I just get so frustrated with it because it's not. It's all the formatting of you know fonts and stuff. I just want to work like I know uh, you guys do with Markdown and just keep it simple and um, just give me a text file. But uh, oh, yeah. and I'll tell you the thing that drives me crazy: why does copy and paste not work in Google Docs? Yeah. I- it certainly doesn't with Safari. Maybe and it that's, does with Chrome. Yeah, but. that's what I was gonna say. I've I've done that so many times where I've I'm I use Safari during the day normally, and I go to record a podcast, and I'm in Google Docs because that was we're in, and hit copy, and nothing happens, and then I'm banging my head against the wall, and I remember, oh yeah, Chrome. You have to you have to use Chrome if you're gonna yeah use copy and paste, which is I don't know who to blame for that one. I would guess it's a Google thing, but maybe it's an Apple thing. Who knows? So. Yeah. Now I'm all flustered and angry about iCloud. I don't know where I was. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you have the, let's see, these days you're using the Google Docs method of, of show prep. Is that also then do you keep, do you, I guess going a little nerdier uh, on that, do you keep a single doc for each episode or one sort of growing doc that you just kind of pile things into? 
Oh, no, it, it has to be a single doc per episode. Well, we keep a couple of documents in Google Doc. Um, we have always kept, first to answer your question, it's a single doc per episode because keep in mind our outlines may be multiple pages per right. episodes. Yeah. I mean, our, our our using Mavericks outline that we just did, I think was four or five pages. So we, we just can't keep a running doc of stuff. And then we have a couple of other things that we, we share with each other. Um, we have a, a running Google Doc of show ideas. And it's funny because we have show ideas of these are shows that we can do now, you know, shows that we're not waiting on anything. These are shows that we want to do on products that aren't released yet or products that we're waiting on updates for. You know, these are workflow shows that we want to do. And these are shows that we want to do that we probably need to have a guest on. You know, something that David and I don't use. I'll tell you, Dev on Think is one of those shows that's been on there forever of we really want to do a Dev on Think show, but neither David or I think that we together could do it justice. And that's something where we really need to – really need to get a someone who uses this day in and day out on the show. You should, so it's, uh, you know, sorry to interrupt, but do you know Ryan Ireland over at? Uh, we probably should talk to Ryan. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He'd be a good, I, I think he, I don't know if he still does, but I know he's done many screencasts on it. So yeah. uh, anyways. So, and then we, so those are the kind of the four categories that we have of, of shows that we want to do. And, and we go through and some weeks we end up picking off that. And some weeks we end up doing something, totally randomly different of, oh, I've got an idea. I've kind of been thinking about this or what do you think about that? And, um, and we'll go from there. And then the other doc, a couple of docs we have is we have some docs that we, we share with the folks at five by five where they send us some ad, ad reads and stuff like that and some administrative things. Um, and then we have this master spreadsheet, um, that, that goes back. I not quite to episode one, but it, it goes back to like into the fifties or something. And it's, all of the shows that we've done, I think since we've had sponsors, or the sponsors on a particular show and and where we've got sponsors booked on those shows, where we've got openings. Um, and, and so it's just a Google Docs spreadsheet that, you know, when an, when an ad spot gets, you know, it's color coded and it's got, it's actually got a, finally one day I went and I, I, I made a key. This is what these colors mean. <laughs> and, um, and so we've, we've got that where we can figure out, okay, we need to fit these sponsors in here and I can move you here and put you here and, um, I don't know if that's the best way to do it, but it, it at least works for us. Yeah, that's uh, I, as much as I uh, mock or or get angry with Google Docs and stuff. Sometimes it's it's hard to imagine how things would be working if it wasn't around. Because I, I mean, you could yeah spin things back to even how devoted Apple would be to the cloud if Google Docs wasn't there pushing them and stuff like that. But uh, um, okay, I want to touch on sponsor stuff in a second, but I just thinking. Um, thinking of where we left off with show notes and stuff you're so when it comes time to actually doing a guest you're that's it you're throwing that into an individual doc uh in google docs and sort of working with that as a live document while you're recording are you both sort of in there as well or do you take yep we're both we're both in the google doc and sometimes we even put notes in there of uh you know i think this section now needs to be moved here or this section you know just kind of moving things along as as the flow of the show goes so yeah we'll we'll actually be in there editing the google doc and you guys don't always uh you mentioned a few times you've recorded live but you don't often typically you don't record live right or stream out using five by fives thing no we typically don't and and there are two primary reasons for that number one is david and i don't have a set recording schedule um i'll tell you we we typically record either at 9 p.m eastern on a weekday or um 12 or 1 p.m. Eastern on a Saturday. And that's because, you know, he's in California and I'm in Florida. So we've got a three hour time difference between the two of us. And, um, you know, it's, it's kind of like we've, I don't want to say that we've had this fight, but it's this coordination of, you know, if, if we record at noon on a, on a Saturday, 
Well, that's great for him because that's 9 a.m. He gets up, he gets some breakfast, he gets some coffee, and he comes and he records a podcast. That's noon for me. You know, I've been waiting around all day. And, you know, by the time we've re- finished recording, it's going to be two o'clock. So I've got this this chunk out of my day from 12 to 2. Um, and, 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 but we also kind of have the opposite problem of, you know, when you record in the evenings, uh, I mean, I'm certainly more of a morning person. You know, David is rushing to get home from work and is usually just skating in the door if we record on a weekday. Um, and by that point, I've been up for 12 hours. And so you know, maybe we're a little punchy or, or um, tired or whatever. So it's kind of trying to find that happy medium. Yeah. So that's, that's one reason we don't do the live shows is, you know, because we may, we may not decide until, you know, the day before or two days before that we're going to record that particular day. And then the other reason is, is depending on the time of year and what's going on, um, it's not uncommon for us to, to bank shows. We almost always record one show a week, but, but there have been times when I've gone on vacation, Dave's gone on vacation, and, you know, we'll have three or four shows in the bank. Yeah, that's a great um, yeah. great thing to have, 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 I guess, as a show that, such as yours, where it's like, deliberately going going to not talk like necessarily rumors and topical kind of topics of the day kind of stuff it gives you that freedom i think and um to do that kind of stuff which is what well you and i are doing right now i'm recording this on a tuesday i just released an episode already today so i have it stored up in the bank so to speak so that next tuesday which is when i release this show it's there to go there you go and i think there's uh yeah i think as a podcaster you know if you're thinking about starting a show it's it's maybe this desire to just put stuff out fast and get lots of episodes out and and you certainly want to have episodes out for to attract new listeners and all that kind of stuff but I think uh, having a bit of pacing for yourself is is something to keep in mind as you start out on the show because um, yeah like we said earlier you can get burnt out on certain aspects of it and so nice to have a break and especially when dealing with an interview show such as mine and, and some of yours too the some of your episodes then guests sometimes cancel or get sick or whatever and and good to have sort of backups in the can so to speak (laughs) yeah and and we always try to have i hate to say this one or two ideas on our future show ideas that we could pull together really quick yeah yeah and it's like oh let's save that for a week when we have to come up with a show really quick yeah yeah. Because it's happened. It's certainly it's certainly happened before. Um, you know, the one of the things that comes to mind is is we had a um, you know, we had a guest from Boston who was on the the week that all the Boston bomber stuff was going on. And, you know, we were scheduled to to record one day and then the explosion happened and they were actually, you know, stuck and couldn't get back and we were scheduled to record later and that was when they caught the guy and there were happy riots, you know, going on in the street and it was just like, Yeah, this wasn't meant to be this week. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, exactly. So um, with a, when you're doing a show with a guest, I guess, and you're recording, say, some notes that they, like, you know, you're mentioning the mics and stuff, and so I'm recording that kind of stuff, are you, do you take turns, or who's who's sort of on on cue to handle the, the, sh- the note-taking, URL-taking or whatever during a show? Well, this is another area where we have been very fortunate and gotten lazy. Um, first off, our, our listeners have gotten to the point, and I say this very lovingly, um, where they demand detailed show notes. Uh, I mean, you, you miss, I mean, the other day with the, with the Ben Carter episode that we did a couple of weeks ago, we didn't put the link to the stapler that he talked about in the show notes and Oh, the Twitter people. And I'm just like, seriously, it's a stapler. That's, (laughs) um, but, um, so originally David and I would take turns with the show notes and, you know, I think he would do evens. I would do odds or maybe backwards of that. I don't, 
I don't remember. Um, but we would try to do the show notes as we went along, but we found if we did the show notes as we went along, we it it limited our participation in the show because we were more focused on doing the show notes than we were on um, you know, actively participating in the show. And then we kept saying, oh, well, I'm all right. I'll, I'll listen to the show again before we release it. But yeah, just time got away from us and it was hard to do that. And um, so we would do that. And um, where we have really lucked out is we put out the call on the show and we put out the call on Twitter a couple of months ago now as saying, you know, hey, are there any Mac Power user listeners out there who, you know, we can't offer you much, um, but in exchange for, you know, getting the show early and our endearing gratitude and some other stuff, um, is there anybody out there who will, you know, give you the show early and will give you access to, you know, Dan's got a great CMS built up where it's it's actually pretty easy to um, to add in links to the show notes if you if you do some work on the front end and create show notes um, and um, JT volunteered on Twitter and we we sent a few email messages and he's been doing it for about twenty shows or so now and uh, <laughs> he hasn't stopped yet and I'm just like oh we we're in the, he's he's going to get tired of us soon but yeah <laughs> we um, I've actually got an automator or Hazel action that kicks off for as soon as, um, in fact, I'll have to take the show probably out of there. That is as soon as I've got a show with a, with a certain name, you know, any show that's a dot MP4 file that starts with MPU, as soon as that, that show hits, um, it finishes recording on my, on my drive, Hazel makes a copy of it, drops it in a shared show notes folder, Dropbox folder that we share and, uh, shoots off an email to him that says, Hey, new show in the Dropbox uploading now. Wow. Okay. So that's, uh, that's an interesting one. I know I'm familiar with Hazel, but uh, I, I would guess maybe a lot of users or listeners, sorry, <laughs> users of the show, uh, listeners of this show, um, maybe aren't familiar with it. So, without uh, I'll, I'll, while you're talking about it, I'm going to dig through the Mac Power User Archive here quickly and find the link because I'm sure there's at least one or more. We've episodes. done a few shows on a Hazel. Yeah, I'll find the yeah. most recent one. But for as it relates to podcasting, I guess what uh, uh, what why would someone maybe look into picking up Hazel and using it. All right. Well, let me tell you a couple of things that I use Hazel for just in the, in the context of the podcast. Um, Hazel, one of the things, and it actually does this with, with Mark stuff too, with our editor, Hazel watches. Okay. So Hazel is a, is an, if this, then that it's not, if this and that, but Hazel is like rules for the finder. If this criteria, watch this specific folder. And if this criteria is met, then perform this action. So that's basically how you you program in Hazel. And um, so one of the criteria that I have, and, and just to walk through that particular rule, so every week when I record the show, I have a piezo recording of the Skype call, which is everybody. And it may not be the highest quality recording because that's not ultimately what we're editing from, but it's good enough for a rough cut for somebody to, to get the show notes from. So um, Hazel, I know that that's going to be a .mp4 file. And I know that that file is always going to start with MPU and then the three show, the three digits of the show number because that's consistently how I name it every week. And I know that it's always going to be saved in this particular folder on my hard drive because that's where Piezo saves recordings. So I have Hazel watch this particular folder for a .mp4 where the time where that has not been modified, date created was in the last day and the time it, it hasn't been modified in the last two minutes. Um, so, i.e., it's not something that's, that's currently being written to. 
And once it finds a file that meets that criteria, which is two minutes after I hit the stop button button on a recording, and I'm likely still sitting in front of my computer, it takes that file, makes a copy of it, and copies it into this shared Dropbox folder that I have with JT, who does all of our show notes. And now Dropbox will probably give him some notification that there's a new file in there. But I've also sometimes, you know, I, I want to send him an email too to tell him that it's here. And, and sometimes I might have some special notes. But many times I'll forget to send him an email. You know, the file will get dropped in there and I'll walk away from my computer. So then Hazel, after it moves the file into this particular folder, it kicks off an automator action. And you can create an automator action to send an email. So I create an automator action to send him an email saying, hey, there's another show uploading. Thank you. Um, and then it's got room for me to type something else if I want to type a note. So Hazel copies the file, and then all of a sudden this email pops up. My email opens, an email pops up that's that's pre-formatted with this information, and all I have to do is hit send. I, I could actually automate it one step for, further and and have Keyboard Maestro hit the send button, but I like to be able to to customize it. Wow, yeah. Which, again, so if you're if Hazel is completely new to you, um, that maybe sounds like a lot of work to set That's a lot. Up. That's that's a little bit heavy. Yeah. Heavier one. <laughs> and that's what I know for me often scares me away. I, I tend to follow the, I think it's Andy Nako, and I've heard other people say this too, where, you know, if they have to go set, set, sit down, sorry, at a, at a new Mac, they don't want to be so unfamiliar with just basic Mac use that, you know, they're depending on Hazel and, um, which some of the other ones I'm forgetting the, anyways, the various launchers and, and, and stuff that people use, which power users like, who listen to your show would use and and I'm just I'm going back and forth on that and I think I'm convinced well by this episode and by ch- or by chatting with you sorry and and other folks too lately that are just saying that's silly because really how often do I go sit down in front of a brand new or someone else's Mac and miss my hazel rules or whatever so I'm being a little silly but um but yeah well, that, I, in this case I never record the show at somebody else's Mac so yeah exactly <laughs> And uh, yeah, how often would that really happen? I'm aside from when I'm at my parents' house fixing their Mac or something like that. I think I rarely ever touch someone else's computer, and if then it's only, like I said, just to fix something. So, all that being said, my long-winded explanation that don't get scared off by Hazel because actually, and those kinds of things in this, especially as it relates to podcasting, because there's and text expander is another example where. There's a lot of time you're repeating the same task over and over as you do shows, and and maybe when you first start out, you don't really think of it as repeating, and you're kind of it's kind of fun to set up your show notes in your doc, your text file, or whatever you however you do it, and and the kind of things you were just talking about doing, and but by episode 162, <laughs> there's there's certainly ways you can uh, help save yourself some time. So yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. It- doesn't take long for me to type the same thing before I do a text expander snippet. In fact, um, all of our sponsors are text expander snippets because in the 5x5 CMS, what I have to do is I have to type in um, all of our sponsors for a particular episode, which is just a string of HTML code, which is easy enough. You know, this episode is sponsored by colon and then, you know, pick whoever the sponsors are. And it's usually their name and a tagline and a link to their product. And, you know, it's like, okay, well, this week it's Smile and it's 1Password and then it's Omni and then it's, you know. So after a while, what I did is um, Text Expander has this ability to do um, checkbox, check check this. I want this one, this one, this one, this one, and this one in a, in a group snippet. So they call them fill-in snippets. So I created a, a snippet called Sponsors, 
where every time we get a sponsor, I just add all that sponsor's information into this big text expander document as a, as a category or as a, as a checkbox option. And I just type in sponsors semicolon and in the, in the CMS. And then it says, okay, well, which ones do you want? I just check off. Okay. This one, this one, this one, this one, these were our sponsors for this episode. And all of that, that HTML comes out. Nice. Yeah. That's a, yet yeah. another <laughs> little tip. That's a, uh, one of my questions here was just going to be some of the random apps and, and shortcuts and things that you use to, to help get the show done. Um, so anything else come to mind that you're while we're on this train of thought? Oh, let's see. What else do we, we use? To get? I mean, I, I use text expander for other stuff besides that. Um, you know, even the little note that goes on the show notes that says, thanks to JT for, for doing the show and a link to his Twitter. That's, that's a text expander snippet. Um, you know, I use Hazel to do a similar function to upload, um, all of our, our files when we were done accumulating them and editing them to, um, to mark our editor. Uh, I'm, I also use, uh, Hazel and keyboard maestro to get rid of old shit. Because as you know, this, this audio, especially if you're keeping, um, you know, full recordings, can take up a lot of space. So I've got it, you know, taking a look on my recorded folder and, uh, you know, and deleting things that um, that haven't been, you know, that have been there for a while after I know the show is already produced. Um, and one of the things that I do is um, I actually don't use iTunes to manage my podcast anymore, except that I subscribe to Mac Power users through iTunes, number one, because I just want to make sure that it comes down you know, every episode and, and that things are working. But I also have a Hazel rule that watches inside the iTunes media folder and inside the um, Mac Power Users folder inside podcasts that it creates. And when it sees an episode of Mac Power Users come down, it copies that to an archive folder on my Drobo. So I've got every episode from zero to 163, I think we're at now, um, archived off on my Drobo. Now I know that I could probably go down this point, at least today, there, those are all live somewhere on the web and I could go download them. Um, but at some point that may not be true or something may happen and I may need those files. So at one point I kept all of the garage band files and I'm just like, why am I doing this? I'm never <laughs> going to do a, never going to do a mix down, never going to do a, you know, one of those things. So I've, I got rid of the garage band files a while ago, but, um, I, I still keep the MP3s. Yeah, I had the same thought to, or epiphany, I guess, or whatever with keeping, I kept, in my case, the logic files for the interviews I was doing. And and yeah, I think for my background coming from music and stuff where, well, maybe someday I'd want to do a remix of a song, right? And so you keep the original files, that the guitar or whatever, so you don't have to try and re recreate that. But yeah, right, there's not too many remixes of, <laughs> of podcasts going around that uh, maybe that's a, a, a new art form, I guess, that could take off someday, <laughs> I kind of doubt it. Uh, none of my shows anyways will be <laughs> worried about that. So, um, yeah, and you save, obviously save quite a bit of space if you start deleting those original files and just, just the MP3s. Um, and even in this day and age with however many people have downloaded shows, I'm sure there's Mac Power user listeners out there who have backup copies of, of all your shows too that'll happily send it your way if things go south. So, um where were we here? I think the uh, recording a show, you've, I think we've talked through most of the, the process for getting a Mac Power User episode out. Um, anything? And then I guess sponsor reads and stuff and sponsor details. That's These days I would imagine that's sort of handled by 5x5. Five by five, or do you handle some of the scheduling of that as well? Any sort of tips and tricks there that you're... Uh, we have been... We have been incredibly fortunate with our sponsors. D David and I, um, the, the answer is it's a little bit of both. 
Um, we do some and five by five does some. Um, we have been incredibly lucky in that initially when Dave and I started Mac Power Users, we never had to ask for sponsors. We didn't even know that we could have sponsors. I mean, <laughs> nobody wants to sponsor us. Nobody even wants to listen to us. What's what's going on with that? Um, and we were getting some pretty good download numbers. I mean, we, we were shocked in our first episode. We're like, wow, people are listening to us. Um, but we never thought about monetizing the show, and, and at least at that time. And Smile approached us and said, we'd really like to sponsor your show. And we said, really? <laughs> um, and, and thankfully we had a very good relationship with Jean. We knew her personally. We're like, what do we charge? <laughs> yeah. And, um, so it was kind of trial and error. And then one password pe- folks who listened to our show heard us do a spot for smile. And they were like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> we want to get on on that. And then Omni heard the smile on the one password spots and they said they wanted to get on that. Um, so those were kind of our original three sponsors that stayed with us for, you know, pretty exclusively for the first year or two of, of the show. And, um, and, and, and fortunately are, are still with us today. And I'm, I'm pleased to say are going to be with us through 2014. Yes, we have book sponsors all the way out through 2014, thankfully. Um, and, so uh, very grateful for that because you know having the sponsors is a is a great help. I mean I don't I don't know if we would have been able to do it. It's, certainly it's a labor of love, but um, at at some point you know having that sponsorship there helps. And so then fi- when we moved over to five by five, that really opened up our opportunities to to get involved with other sponsors. And um, sometimes people still contact us directly if they have personal relationships with David or I, or you know five by five still books some stuff for us. Yeah. And would you say, uh, without getting into details and numbers, I'm just more talking abstractly here that for folks who maybe have um, shows and whether I'm not talking specifically five by five, but let's say it's Twitch or uh, I'm drawing a blank right now. It's late. Uh, trying to think of other podcast networks that maybe you could approach a single show and say, hey, do you want to come and be on our network? Was the the audience listener bump or whatever you want to call it substantial enough that it made I mean, it sounds like to me like there, it's a no-brainer for you guys to join 5x5, but I know there's there's some uh, folks who are, create their thing and want to sort of control everything end-to-end, and the idea of giving any of that over to somebody else would be a little scary or, or whatever. But, um, yeah, in your case, I would worth it to to do I, I feel like i've answered your question my question by <laughs> <laughs> all right i'll let you stay um, <laughs> yeah, overall the move to five by five has been a, a great thing for mac power users and and i i would be lying if i told you that there wasn't some nervousness initially more so on my part than david's um going into that because it's like wait a minute this is ours this is our baby and now we're going to mm-hmm. go into a network um but but dan has has really been respectful is certainly one word, but kind and gracious in, in real in, you know, Hey, he knew that there was a Mac power users before five by five. Um, and, and really let us have our own space and, and, and do our own thing. So, I mean, that's why we have the, the freedom to do some of that. And, um, so we're, we're kind of one of the odd shows on five by five and that, you know, we, we came to five by five after, after we were, we were already established. So we really have got a, I, I certainly cannot, um, say enough nice things about the the way that that has, has worked out the way that, um, you know, I, I guess we just kind of hoped it would and it just, it did. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there definitely was a listener bump. Uh, it certainly, it certainly exposed us to, um, greater audiences. You know, you, you always get a big bump and, and then, you know, a certain number of those people dwindle off. I mean, for sure. 
show we had ever t- done on five, first couple shows we'd done five five Dave and I were like we're famous you know and they were like okay no that those people are tired of us um <laughs> yeah yeah and that's but, yeah it was definitely worthwhile yeah that's what I kind of figured I guess but uh, it's always fun it's fun. I mean as much as no none of us ever look at stats I know but um it's fun to to look at numbers and stats at the same time <laughs> um so in wrapping up I guess one of the questions i sort of ask always ask folks uh, podcasters is what podcasts are you listening to and and also what apps do you use to listen to them with and i don't know if there's any uh fancy automation you have going on with <laughs> your, your listening of the podcasts as well but uh starting with uh um what podcasts you listen to on a daily or monthly or weekly or whatever basis what's some of your favorites all right well i recently changed up my podcast workflow, I guess, isn't a good word because it's not really a workflow. But I I've forever was in iTunes and I was using the podcast app um, because I had an iPod shuffle. And, you know, David made fun of me for years about this, but I would, I would take an iPod shuffle to the gym because I did not want to take my iPod to the gym. And I really wanted a way to keep my podcast in sync with iTunes and that just didn't work. And I understand it does work now with iOS 7 and the latest version of the podcast app. So at some point I may switch back. But for um, several months, I've been using Downcast, and I've just been really spoiled by the Downcast experience. I don't know that I could go back to another podcatcher um, after using an app like Downcast. So that's that's the what do I use. And so, so I almost exclusively listen to podcasts through my iPhone, although I do have Downcast for the Mac. Um, and then I've got kind of a fun setup at home. Um, I've got a, a Bluetooth-enabled speaker in my car. Now, my car is actually a 1997 Toyota, so this is an aftermarket um, you know, Bluetooth in there that I, that I can play with. Um, I've got a jawbone jam box that I bought, don't laugh, to put in the bathroom so that I could listen to podcasts as I'm, as I'm getting ready in the morning. That's part of my morning ritual. Yeah. Well, that's um, not valid. I've, I've contemplated that cause I, I'll put on a podcast. I mean, I have little kids right now and so they don't really let me listen to anything for very long before. As soon as they hear audio, they want to change it to what they want, obviously. But, uh, but yeah, yeah you and, can't. An iPhone doesn't, as great as a speaker can be in an iPhone, it still doesn't put out much volume in a shower going or whatever. Yeah, and I don't like to have the iPhone in the actual bathroom if you've got steam and water and stuff like that going. Mm -hmm. So this allows me to to keep it out. And then I've got some AirPlay speakers around the house. I've got a sound bar that's got Bluetooth now in my living room. And I've got some speakers connected to uh, Airport Express, both in my office and in my um, kitchen. I know David David has converted over to the Sonos and I refuse to try them because I'm not even going to go there. Not even going to get started with the Sonos. <laughs> but um cuz he cuz he got sucked in and I'm not going there. Well, it's um, a whole so like, I, ecosystem you have to And it's expensive. It's an yeah. expensive ecosystem. Yeah. Um so that's kind of the how and the the where do I listen to podcasts? Can but, I just interrupt for um, a second with with uh sure. you mentioned having a few AirPlay speakers around the house. Um, and I don't know what that means exactly or how many that means exactly, but you know, more than one, sorry, you Skype cut out for a second there. Oh, sorry. Um, two, but I guess if you count my Apple TVs, I have more than that, Yeah. but you know, in order for the Apple TVs to work, you gotta have your TVs on and all that stuff. And so on the iPhone and I don't have a, I can't remember now if you've upgraded already, I'm stuck way back on a four here, but, uh, um, you're limited to one speaker when you play off a podcast or any airplay device if i'm not mistaken right yeah they need to fix that yeah, because so you're you... you're not if you play it through itunes on your mac on the remote app yeah 
And so are you sort of wandering around the house and then changing speakers as you go if you're... (laughs) Yeah, I am. Or, but, yeah. but for the most part, I'm, I have a, I have a pretty open floor plan. So it's like, okay, well I'm either in my living room area or I'm in my office or I'm in my bedroom. Yeah. yeah so it's not a big deal to switch back and forth, yeah. but it, you're right. It would be really nice if I could just play it throughout the whole house and be done with it. Yeah. All right. So a podcast that you listen to and you can, yeah, you can, you can I've, um, I've kind of, yeah, <laughs> Mac power users, the best podcast. No. It's the only um, one I listen to. I've kind of got mine separated into into playlists. So obviously, I um, I'll tell you my non tech podcast first because that people may find that more interesting because I'm sure you expect me to listen to tech podcasts. Um, but I have a couple of different playlists. I have one called um, uh, lifestyle. I have one called morning. I have one called news. I have one called tech, and I have one called video. So for what it's worth, that's kind of how I hmm. how I keep them yeah. organized. Um, in the lifestyle section, which is 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 kind of code for anything that's not tech or news <laughs> is is what that means enough, yeah. <laughs> um yeah let's see i've got the dave ramsey show i've got the jillian michaels show um i've got ben carter's let's start a law firm because i figured well that's kind of tech but that's not super tech um i've got the nutrition diva because i'm kind of on a uh, workout and personal training kick right now uh let's see what else would be in the the lifestyle section um, I, okay. So that's, I think that's it kind of for the, for the lifestyle section. I I've had to trim these down quite. Oh, it, it's a thing, which is Molly Wood and Tom Merritt's podcast of kind of trend spotting just because I really like both Molly Wood and, and Tom mm-hmm. Merritt. Um, in the news related podcast, I used to be a big fan of daily or excuse me, evening edition, but they haven't done a new episode since August. So I don't know if they're on hiatus or if they're gone or what's going on with that. So I'm still subscribed, but they're not producing anything. Um, NPR hourly news summary podcast is about a five minute podcast that updates every hour with um, it's the, if you listen to NPR, it's, it's what you hear at the top of hour for, for this is the news and this is what's going on. Um, and then I've got a couple of, I've got NBC's audio for meet the press and um, CNN state of the union audio. Cause I'm a little bit of a political junkie. So I've, I keep those in there. If I don't always get to to watch the shows that I want to watch, I'll I'll listen to the to the audio. Um, and then everything else is tech. <laughs> <laughs> and and probably what I listen to there, you know, won't surprise you. Um, Accidental tech podcast, of course. I do listen to MacWorld podcast. Um, I listen to a lot of the five by five shows. I, I like pretty much anything that's in the five by five special feed. I listen to Amplified Command Space. Uh, crossover, although they haven't done a show recently, so somebody needs to to get on that. Um, the pipeline, which of course has no new episodes since 2011. Dan, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know he's reluctant um, to do an interview show again. Hey, I guess. Well, I know the it. prompt, the prompt and systematic are 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 in my list. Um, and then other Mac shows that aren't on Five by Five. Mac Roundtable is a podcast that I contribute to occasionally. Um, Adam Christensen's MacCast, uh, Allison Sheridan's NoSillaCast podcast, um, Mac OS Ken, he's in my morning list. So every morning, that's what I listen to when I'm, when I'm getting ready is I listen to, uh, Mac OS Ken and the NPR news podcast is in my, in my morning list. Oh, critical path. That should have gone in the five by five section. So yeah. Oh, generational. <laughs> so you basically yeah. have podcasts playing nonstop is what you're saying. <laughs> I do, but I, I tell you, I, I did a couple of things. Um, first off, I listen to almost everything 
on double speed because I just wouldn't get through them. And I know Does some Dan podcasters. Know? I don't tell Dan. Okay, I'm sure he won't listen to this. He, I had him on, but I'm sure he only listens to the shows he's on. So. <laughs> well, and and here's the thing is that I don't talk to, and not like Dan and I talk daily or anything like that. <laughs> but I find myself that when I do talk to him, I'm like, um, can you speed it up a little bit faster? <laughs> Keep talking. <laughs> Well, that's what um, no. I found with this show is often like I, you know, frequently have people on who I listen to and I find I often am positive or like I'm not even thinking that I'm the one who's going to have to answer, the, ask the question or, you know, move the conversation along. So I'm waiting for, you know, in this case, David to pipe in and say, well, Kitty, <laughs> or whatever that I, like I sort of fall back into listener mode because I'm so used to hearing your voice just as I'm doing other things that I found anyways over the, the 30 odd episodes here that I kind of have to remind myself no this is you actually with <laughs> talking to katie not no you have you have to ask the questions otherwise i don't know what to yeah, say exactly um but the other thing i do is is i i don't listen to every episode of of every podcast um and it's it's kind of funny that i'll i'll go on benches for podcasts like the matt geek gab is one of my all-time favorite podcasts i've been listening to them since you know gosh they've been going on seven or eight years now but i'll go for months at a time where i don't listen to them maybe not months maybe weeks and then I'll listen to eight eight episodes in a row, you know, and I'll just kind of go into these these binge modes. And you know, there are there are a lot of shows that you know I, I may listen to the first fifteen minutes and say, yeah, this isn't this isn't really for me. And but you know, I'll I'll skip it over and try the next one, or I'll look at the show notes and say, no, I'm not really interested in that. Um, but you know, I always stay subscribed because I like these shows, and you know, that's something something may come up that I I want to listen to. So I, I feel like I don't have to. Um, to listen to every episode of every show. Yeah, and that's actually quite a freeing, uh, in the same way that a lot of you know feed reader folks probably don't read every single post that they subscribe to. It's kind of a freeing thing yeah. to just realize you can just mark it as read or listened or whatever, or deleted or whatever that episode and wait for the next one. There's always going to be more. <laughs> there yep. definitely is not a shortage of podcasts these days, so which is a good thing. That's um, true. All right, well, in wrapping up, I guess, where, uh, where can folks find you and follow you and, and all that kind of stuff on the webs? Uh, let's see. Um, katiefloyd.me, K-A-T-I-E-F-L-O-Y-D.me is my website. So you can find links from there to pretty much everything I'm involved in. Um, Twitter is at Katie Floyd, and the podcast is obviously MacPowerUsers.com. All right. Well, thanks, Katie, for joining me here on Show Me Your Mic. And uh, if you found this show somewhere, somehow, and you're looking for maybe notes, links to things that we talked about, the uh, what, 20-odd podcast that Katie listened to, for example, I'll go through and... <laughs> and uh, yeah, sorry about that. Oh, no, that's okay. That's uh, Maybe exactly. I'll send you a screenshot. Yeah. <laughs> I, might, I might have missed one. So if there's a, a listener out there who hits me up on Twitter with a, a link to something I missed, I'd more than appreciate that. But, uh, but yeah, uh, notes and links and all that kind of stuff can be found at SSKTN.com. And I'm iChris on Twitter. And of course, SSKTN is on Twitter at SSKTN, Facebook and Google Plus as well at their appropriate URLs. My thanks to Katie Floyd for coming on Show Me Your Mic. And a special thank you to you, the listeners, for coming back and listening to each new episode. I love hearing your feedback, thoughts, suggestions, which, of course, you can leave me on Twitter or on the sskTN.com slash contact page. So until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>